0: Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week's topic should you invest while paying down your mortgage? So, Michael, today
1: we've got listener question two of two, which makes me so excited because I love listener questions. <laughs>
0: yeah it's, uh, it's always it's always nice to get listener questions in. Um, uh, send them in, keep sending them. We love them.
1: And there's no silly questions. Uh, if, if there's something you're thinking about when it comes to your financial question uh, financial situation, make sure to send them through. and Mike and I will go on a bit of a rant about it for 15 minutes or so.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's crack into this one. So this question came in via Instagram. Um, hey guys enjoying your podcast thanks always nice your recent sprint podcast has me interested what if you started a sprint earlier in life while you still have a mortgage good question <clears throat> we have three young kids focused on trying um trying to probably trying to pay off most of our mortgage but wondered if actually we should drop our payments back to the minimum focus uh, and leave that excess money into shares or invest in something else um, I feel like we'll still be able to pay out the loan off in 15 years, um, but we'll have more cash. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's from Rebecca and Brad.
1: Okay. Thank you, Rebecca and Brad. And well, firstly, well done, you know, three kids at home. Uh, I'm sure busy lives, juggling a few balls and still focused on financial freedom, still focused on achieving okay. your dreams. Yeah. Awesome. So if I was to, to kind of summarize that, it, it's really all about, I'm going aggressively at my mortgage. Should I continue to pay down my mortgage and and pay it off within a, I don't know, I'm not sure what it might be, but say like in 12 years or should I pull back a little bit, invest in some shares or property or something along those lines and make it a 15 year mortgage. What, what is the right, uh, the right one to do?
0: Yeah. And it's, there's there's no one answer for everyone uh, because it is going to depend on um, you personally, your personal situation, your risk tolerance and all these sorts of things. But I love the sprint so much. I'm going to do it one more time. I, I get to do it again, which is exciting for me. So what is the sprint? The sprint is that period of time, usually after you've paid off your mortgage, where you can divert those mortgage repayments to investing or saving or some type of, um, uh, some type of asset that's going to uh, set you up later in life. So let's say you paid off your mortgage at 50 and those mortgage repayments were 4000 a fortnight, uh, your only asset is your house. If you save those mortgage repayments until you're 65, if you invest it into a managed fund at a 4% return, you're going to have $2 million by age 65. And that is going to give you $120,000 of income for the rest of your life. So you might be thinking $4K per fortnight, that's a lot of mortgage. Um, absolutely it is. You can scale these numbers back. Um, and we always talk about this when we give our examples is, you know, not all of these numbers are going to work for everyone, but you can pull it back to your situation. So, you know, if we, if we use the same example with $2,000, you're going to get a million, um, which will still be able to provide you um, a really good income going through retirement. So I guess that's what we would traditionally call the sprint. You've ground down that mortgage. You've done that investment. But what if like Rebecca and Brad, you want to start doing a little bit earlier. So should you start doing that sprint while you still have the mortgage?
1: So, This is an area that I run into with lots of my clients, where they've got a mortgage, they're paying it down quite aggressively. I would say with a lot of our clients as well, not all, but quite a few, because it's kind of what we encourage people to do, is buy an investment property at some point along the way use somebody else's money as a long-term hold. Hmm. When you have all of your money in the property basket, there is um, there's some benefits that we're gonna talk about in terms of regularly contributing a portion of your money, not a huge amount, but a portion of your money towards like a, a mini sprint. Maybe, hmm. maybe we're jogging Mike, maybe it's a swift walk. Did you watch any of the, um, the power walking in the Olympics?
0: I was, I was actually in, um, I think I was in Sydney um, for the Sydney Olympics and that walker got stopped like outside of the, yeah. Uh, the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So listen, we, we want to make sure the, the power walk is sustainable. We don't want to be pulling <laughs> up right before we're about to get our gold fricking medal. Yeah. So, so the answer is yes. I think um, contributing to shares can be a good idea while paying down your mortgage. We're gonna talk about some of the reasons why, and then I'm also gonna give you some caveats on things that are really important to to make sure of as well. So the first one is returns in the current market. So for a lot of our clients, we are huge fans here of Kernel Wealth. Uh, We do a lot of work with them. Shout out to um, uh, their podcast as well, It's No Secret. Uh, Another great place to get, financial literacy from a from a different perspective we use one of their portfolios that that we've worked very closely with them called their high growth portfolio so that has pretty much all of it in australian shares international shares uh infrastructure and new zealand property so it's a very aggressive Mm. portfolio it's designed for people that have a long runway and do not need to access the money anytime soon i.e. buckle up, it's going to be a bouncy ride, but over the long term you're going to end up in a better position. Yeah. So over the last five years that portfolio has done a 15% return and over the last 10 years it's done a 12% return. First disclaimer, because nothing is black and white, is the global financial crisis, the last time that we had seen a real bump for a sustained period of time because COVID was just like a bounce and recovery, is more than 10 years ago now. So even 10-year stats, I think are too high because it doesn't take into account a true a true correction. So if we take into account uh, like maybe a long term return of say nine percent, which is pretty standard for like a very concentrated uh, share portfolio, i.e. know, cash or bonds. If we compare that to a three percent mortgage rate at the moment, or even a three and a half percent mortgage rate at the moment, you go, this is a no brainer. I'm going to make three times as much money in shares. Screw my mortgage. I'll go in interest only. Everything into shares. Mm. Hold up, cowboy and cowgirls. There's more to the story. You can't just compare a gross return with the savings you make on your mortgage. The Mm. reason for that is if you pay off $100 off your mortgage today, you are saving 3% interest on the $100. Essentially, money in your pocket is one way to think about it. But if you invest in a a share portfolio and get a 9% return, you've got to take off tax, that gets you to about 6% if you're on the top tax rate. Then you need to take off your friend called inflation. Mm. Just a reminder, inflation is where the cost of living goes up by about 2% a year. So groceries get more expensive, uh, petrol's going up, et cetera, et cetera. So then you go from a 9% return before tax or so 6% return You take off 2% for inflation that gets you to a 4% return. So we're then still talking about a 4% return versus a a three, 3.5% return. Now the five year and 10 year running average is above that. But as I said, I think the long-term average is a bit high. But if you compare returns with returns, probably slightly better off over the last period of time, channeling some of your money towards shares.
0: Yeah. And I think the the other uh, thing just to mention there on that inflation piece is during um, times of high inflation, more debt is generally better because you're paying that, your your debt is in today's dollars uh, and then you're paying it off in inflated dollars in the future. Um, So yeah, a little bit better to have more debt during times of high inflation. So if we're looking at um, uh, that example you just gave there, James, what about, Let's say I don't put it in uh, a, a growth fund. Is there, is there other ways that I can use sort of diversification, um, but still have a sprint?
1: So when you say that, do you mean like putting it into a balanced fund or like, like are you talking lower risk or something completely different? Yeah, well,
0: a lot, of, a lot of our clients we deal with have all their eggs in one basket, so property or something like that. Um, is there other things that they could go into apart from the kernel high growth fund that would still make sense uh, but would give them a little bit of diversification?
1: Yeah so like if you break it down fundamentally there's only a few different asset classes you can invest into. Um, We'll put crypto to the side. I'm I'm keen to tackle that topic pretty soon. We should do it. We should do Um, it. uh, Maybe with somebody who knows a bit more than us but Leave crypto to the side. If you're wanting to diversify away from property, you could go, I.e., uh, your, your own home. If you could go for other properties. You could go for shares, commercial property, bonds, or cash. They're really the mate, the only ways you can you can diversify. Mm-hmm. I think the high growth fund is a really good way to to do that. But any kind of managed fund can achieve that. One of the benefits of the uh, a diversified portfolio or a share fund in addition to returns is to your point around diversification. So if if our kind of usual strategy with a client, which isn't right for everybody, but quite a few, you buy your first home, then you buy an investment property, and then maybe you've got your KiwiSaver, but you can't touch it for a really long time. Yeah, That means that all of your money is locked up in property. So you might feel a little bit rich on paper, but geez, you're feeling poor week to week but also fundamentally you're dependent on a small island nation where house prices increase for a few key reasons and don't get me wrong I think those reasons are still going to be there in the future but you want to make sure your retirement is dependent on different asset classes different countries and different industries so diversification is another really important one
0: yeah and then what about um, what we always talk about uh, having that liquidity I guess you know when people have all of the eggs in one basket like property, that liquidity's um, shrunk, shrunk down quite a bit or is, is a little bit harder to maintain because there is high transaction costs moving in and out of the property market. So I guess one of the advantages of going into something like the Kernel Growth Fund or an index fund or something like that is liquidity.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the old saying, you can't sell a bedroom to go on a holiday. And, and just for those that aren't aware, liquidity is all about What actual cash do I physically have that is easy to access that I can spend? Now, a really important thing is any kind of share portfolio is not designed for you to dabble in, to pull money out of willy-nilly. This is these portfolios we're talking about. where you are contributing a little bit over a long period of time, getting the benefits of compounding interest. But if something does change, you do have the ability to, to draw funds from that portfolio opposed to selling a property or getting into debt or making a hardship claim on your KiwiSaver are so much more difficult. So it's another benefit of re- regularly contributing to an index fund, managed fund, or uh, share portfolio.
0: Yeah, and, and when I say high transaction costs for the property market, what I mean there is the time it takes to sell, uh, and then literally the cost to sell a house, paying estate agents, paying the, the legal fees, all of that sort of thing as well. Yeah, that's great.
1: So Mike, there's a few caveats. They're kind of the three main advantages to uh, power walking while paying down your mortgage is the potential higher returns, the diversification and the liquidity. There are a few caveats. The first one is if you, um, say you've done a risk profile on your KiwiSaver and and you're in your 30s and you're conservative, moderate or balanced because you can't tolerate the ups and downs Do not bother with this strategy. It is not gonna be worth it. You need a high allocation towards shares, pretty much all of it, to outperform tax and inflation compared to paying off your mortgage. So if you're not comfortable with a a share portfolio, a diversified one can drop 30, 40% over 12 months in a global financial crisis scenario. If you are not comfortable with that level of volatility, don't bother playing the game, just put the money into your mortgage. The other big caveat is interest rates can change. So we've seen that interest rates are starting to move. Um, That could impact whether the strategy is a good one going forward. Um, So something else to think about. If you want to keep it simple, just focus on paying off your mortgage. So for those that don't, I mean, you can make this pretty straightforward where you're just doing like an automatic payment, but if you want to, uh, keep it simple. You might just have your Kiwi saver and then clearing your mortgage and then maybe at some point look at investment property. And once the personal mortgage is cleared off, that's when you start your sprint and the traditional way that we talk about. The, the final piece is that this should not be a large percentage of your savings. So if your mortgage repayment is say $1,500 um, a fortnight. I'm not telling you to allocate $500 towards shares a fortnight. I think like $100 or $200 is the kind of percentage that you should be thinking about over the over the long term. Because there is something very romantic about being debt free. It gives you a lot of uh, power, a little bit of swag in your step as you're coming up to um, Sydney Olympic Stadium. You've, you've got to make sure that that you're probably putting 90% of your energy towards clearing off your personal mortgage.
0: Yeah. And I think the, the interest rate um, caveat out there that James said is a really important one to consider as interest rates keep climbing and you're rolling off those lower fixed terms, the 2.5s, those sorts of things. And you're going onto those 4% rates. You need to adjust to make sure that you're still getting the real return from investing that, um, that is, higher than the savings you are making on the, um, the increased mortgage repayments.
1: Yeah. So Rebecca and Brad, thank you very much for your question. I hope that helps you answer whether the sprint is a good idea while paying off the mortgage. Once again, maybe just a strong you know, step walk. <laughs> the power walk. <laughs> the, power, the power walk. Make sure if you've got any questions like Rebecca and Brad, like Thomas did that we answered earlier in the week, that you send through those questions. Makes our day, makes us very happy. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, give us a like, write a comment, let us know what you thought. And then on Apple, please give us a give us a review. We'll see you next week with everybody's favorite co-host. Matthew Harris is gonna be back to talk us through the uh, tax changes that have been confirmed. So 20 years interest deductibility on new builds. We're gonna talk about that, what it means probably go down a little bit of the uh, property property rabbit hole as well. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. Cheers.